0: Hey, hey, everybody, welcome back. This is your host, Joe Salida, and you're listening to the Well for Goodness Sake podcast. Listen, I am just here to encourage you as a fellow believer that you can do all the things. Yes, mamas, you too. I hear you. Here, it's all about keeping it real and applying practical truth from scripture to learn more about the heart of God and what it means to walk the foray life. Just like my favorite life verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 talks about. Walking in faith can require massive action. Life can be pretty chaotic, and we don't always get to control our circumstances. But here, together, we can learn to change how we respond to what does happen, and that changes everything. What does it mean to choose Jesus Christ first and daily? How do we find peace, identity, and purpose? I tell you what, it is only found in His presence and by His mercy and grace, and only by believing in truth. So here we'll laugh together and maybe comfort each other once in a while while also remembering the most important thing, God's love for us. Mamas, sisters in Christ, you are not alone. God chose you. God loves you. Welcome to this safe space. It's so great to have you back. Friends, a quick note before we jump into the podcast episode for today. Welcome to the 66 Days Through the Bible Books. This is a Bible study that is brand new and it's found on season two here on the Well For Goodness Sake podcast on walking and living the 4 life. We're going through the books of the Bible in chronological order. We will be walking through one entire book of the Bible each week using general timelines, key facts, and fundamental truths from God's word. There's one focal point, two key verses of scripture, a short reading from a special book by a favorite author, one truth about God's love from that book. And then we're taking it one step further and breaking down the entire book into key elements of importance. I wanted to mention here to be sure to check out the show notes at the end of the episode today. If you would like access to any of the timeline and key verses that I referenced throughout the podcast episode, I'll be listing those timeline Bible verses in the show notes from today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here with me. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Well For Goodness Sake podcast on walking and living the 4-8 life. I want to welcome you to this new series on the 66 days through the Bible books. How excited are we today to be able to do this study? I know I'm feeling incredibly humbled and blessed. I prayed before I pressed record. I am asking for God to bless and use my voice and use the studying to bless you. How exciting to make time for this, to find time to do this. I hope my children can access all of this work and everything I've put into this one day and that it'll be a blessing to their life (laughs) and something they'll use and save and hopefully have as a keepsake, right? And and encouragement and hope for their futures in the Lord. My children are a huge reason. My heart has even been open to doing so many new things and making so many new changes, like podcasting (laughs) all about Jesus and blasting social media, with all of this love and encouragement that I can muster up. So thank you for being with me here today. 66 days is going to be phenomenal. And I have a little bit of detail to kind of get you going and let you know what that's going to look like. But first, I want to open with prayer. Heavenly Father, bless our time together. Bless myself as the speaker, some family and friends, perhaps even strangers. Open our eyes and our hearts to hear from you. Show us what you want us to hear from your word. It's new and fresh. Every time we open it, we can read the same passage multiple times and you could speak to us. And we ask for that for truth that you'd open our eyes and our hearts and minds to hear truth from you today as we go through the first book of the Bible, Genesis. We love you and we just thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. So, again, welcome to 66 Days Through the Bible Books. Let's talk briefly about the Bible. Okay, the Bible, oh my goodness, it is this profound, irreplaceable, and greatest historical, theological, and literary work that has been preserved and protected through the years with such great purpose. So this book is a combination of the Old and the New Testaments, um, they are written for us with great detail from the highest parts of the heavens to the lowest parts of hell. Descriptive, full of intent and meaning, meant to provide truth about our historical past, understanding our present identity, purpose, God's plan, and also to obtain hope for the future. I love that. 66 books blending together on purpose so we can discover truth. Truth about God and all of creation and his intent through that design and work of great art throughout the universe and all the galaxies, planets, heavens, and earth. There are literally stories through the years in history of people protecting this written work over time, long periods of time, short periods of time. People died protecting the truth within these pages of this great book so that we could have the freedom of holding it in our hands today. And a lot of us know that we often take this for granted, right? Or even throw it away. And there are still so many who do not have the chance to hold a copy of this book in their hand, at least not in their own language. And of course, there's many great nonprofit organizations and ministries currently working. Working on that, getting this book, getting the Bible out in languages all over the world, like Wycliffe Bible Translators, SIL International, and lots of others. You probably know some right off the top of your head, but we should celebrate the fact that we could hold this book by using, reading it, looking at it, opening the book, opening the pages, spending time in the Word of God. And we even get that privilege and celebrating that we even get that privilege to begin with. Over the years when people have questioned the existence of God and the Bible, I've always wondered how we could get to that place of questioning something so powerful that it took the lives of so many to preserve and save for us all these years later. When I think of Fox's Book of Martyrs and what some people went through to die to protect the truth of Christ and die for the cause of Christ and be tortured for the cause of Christ, I can't possibly imagine that it can't be important enough if people died for it and the truth that it contains. So something that I have found to be true about social media (laughs) content that we do see a lot more more of is how weak we are as humans. And over the years, right? We once took on martyrdom and resistance to defying the one true God of the world, resisting defying him or resisting saying he doesn't exist. And now we get offended at being referred to the wrong way, right? We have fallen so far from his grace, yet unchanging and true God's holy Bible, the word, the word of our everlasting lives. Probably one of the best ways to start is going to be a quick little breakdown on Bible book order. So I want to start with the Old Testament, which is a redemptive Of history that lays the foundation for the New Testament. Revelation in the Old Testament is revealed later in the New. The Old Testament points ahead to the future, and the New Testament points back to central events, all of history and the Messiah. So there's real scholars, not regular Joes like me. (laughs) Bruce Wilkinson and Kenneth Boa in Talk Through the Old Testament in New Testament Volumes 1 and Volumes 2, which I think was actually published a year before I was born, so like 40 years ago. suggest that, and I quote, there are two fundamental sources of human knowledge, reason and experience. And then they go on to state that both are essential to understanding the world around us. But they say that, in other words, those two things alone are not good enough, and it's missing a key element, which they refer to as crucial questioning. The questions of who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? Is there a reason for my existence? Where is history going? And the Bible, they suggest, claims to contain this third source of knowledge, the answer to the questions of of life. And we all have questions, right? We have a tendency to question things. So ultimately, God reveals himself, his truth, eternal power and Godhead or Lordship and answers all of the questions we have about why, when, what, where and how. Hebrew was the first language of the Bible followed by Greek that we use more often today. The Greek translation of the Old Testament is divided into four sections or divisions that we use today. So we've got five books of law, 12 books of history, five books of poetry and 17 books of prophecy. And we begin with the Old Testament, specifically the first five books, which is the Torah, um, the Hebrew word for law, or what we refer to now as the Pentateuch. And Pentateuch is Greek, Penta is Greek for five, and Tukos is Greek for scroll or book. So you've got these first five books of the Bible, which are referred to as the five fifths of the law or the law of Moses. And these books are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So first five books of the Old Testament. And again, they're also called the books of Moses by some scholars or books of the law, So, obviously, we're starting with the very first book of the Pentateuch or the Torah. The very first book of the Pentateuch, Genesis. That is just a little breakdown of the Bible itself, the Old and New Testament, how they come together and provide this seamless work. All right, so 66 days through the Bible books, this is what it's going to look like Genesis to Revelations, all 66 books in chronological order. Here's what I've promised. (laughs) Every new episode during this 66 days, which is really going to be more like 66 weeks, and I'm going to be real if the family needs me or something comes up, we might miss a week, but each time we do an episode, it will be a brand new book, potentially weekly. We are going to walk through one entire book of the Bible, learning key facts, general timelines, fundamental truths from God's word. We will have one to two focal points, two key verses, one short reading from a favorite person, author, podcaster, speaker, (laughs) Jennifer Rothschild, her book, 66 Ways God Loves Me. We are going to read on truth together from that chapter of her book each week pertaining to the book of the Bible, that we're studying together. We'll learn one truth about God's love from that. And so that is what we have. That's what I've promised you. I'll walk through a book, (laughs) a focal point, two key verses of scripture and one truth about God's love from a book. And then one step further, I'll be breaking down the entire chapter into key elements of importance as much as can be done in that week. And then each week we will hit a new book of the Bible in the exact same way. So that is what it looks like. So welcome to 66 days through the books of the Bible. Our topic intro scripture, the book of Genesis, again, first to five books of the Pentateuch or the Law and the first book of the Bible. So I'm going to begin by reading this section from Jennifer Rothschild's book, 66 Ways God Loves You, before we get into our teaching for today. So from her book, the very beginning of her book, it says, In Genesis, God fashions me with his hands. In the beginning, God created. He said, Let there be light, and there was light. He spoke it. He commanded it, and just said it, and it was. He called into existence that which had never existed before. Every word became our world: stars and planets, shimmering sunshine and fierce lightning, mountains and oceans, forests and animals, birds and sea creatures, towering trees and tiny flowers. God's voice initiated all creation, all except man. God did not speak man into being because man was different. Man was love. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Our beautiful creator stooped down and got the dirt of this earth on his hands to give us life. He used his hands, his touch, to craft us the crowning jewel of all his handiwork. And after he formed man, he gently fashioned a woman from the rib of Adam. With those same hands, he lovingly shaped her to reflect the beauty of her creator. God could have spoken you and me into existence too, but he chose that we, his beloved ones, would bear his fingerprints. His touch separates us from all created things. It honors us above all other created beings. His touch on our lives constantly reminds us that we are loved. You aren't just the result of God's verbal command to some genetic matter. You are the result of the loving hand of God that reached all the way from heaven to touch you and make you his own. And he is still reaching and still touching you. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Genesis 131. Can you see his fingerprints on your life? Thank God today for his loving touch and ask him to keep creating you to be the beautiful person he loves. So that is the first chapter. And that truth from her book is that God fashioned us with his hands. That scripture reference is Genesis 2, 7. God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into him. So if you know anything about those beginning verses and how God created the heavens and the earth, there is a key phrase used throughout when he says, let there be, let there be light, let the waters be divided from the earth. And there's a lot of different translations on obviously, but that is our key scripture from her book. And that key truth of how God loves you. God loves me. God loves us. He formed us differently. We're separate from all of creation. And I go a little bit further into that. So now let's take one step further. <laughs> let's go one step further. So the book of Genesis, our key passage for going one step further into the book and studying the timeline and some key facts is Genesis 1 31. God saw all the that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came and then morning the sixth day. So that's our key verse. God saw, he saw all the things that he had made, and he decided that it was very good. The book of Genesis is the foundation that really sets this amazing groundwork for the rest of the Bible. In the remaining 65 books of the Bible, we understand as we read through this first book, some major truths about our identity and purpose. God's incredible design, our shortcomings, sin is introduced, our failure as humans, as mankind, as humankind, as well as our need for God and a savior. It is here that we learn who we are, how we are designed by his hand above all the rest of creation that was spoken into existence. So we're set apart right there in verse 26, just like in the book of that little section that we just read from JR's book. We're set apart in verse 26 of chapter one, and we're also created in God's image. So the answer to the where we came from, how we fell so far and God's love and his work and faithfulness on our behalf in the beginning years of humankind and life after the Garden of Eden. It's all right here. So we're covering this incredible history of the beginning of the world, the heavens and the earth of humanity, the design of marriage, nations, and languages. And by the introduction of the law to the Israelite people, we begin to see our need for a savior, for Jesus Christ. As we fall over and over again through those earlier historical years, as if we're trying to duplicate the fall of man in the garden all over again, sinning in the exact same way, choosing selfishness and selfish desire over God's design, and we see God's faithfulness to us through and during all of our unfaithfulness. All right, so here is a fun fact. The book of Genesis is divided into two main parts. You've got chapters 1 through 11, which is God in the world, the entirety of creation, and then you've got chapters 12 through 50, which is God, Abraham, and Abraham's descendants. So in the book of Genesis, the key idea is the beginnings, the beginning of all things, except for God, who was always there. The nation, which is chosen, by God, the people who are prepared by God, God's character, which is sovereign and powerful, God's role, which is creator, God's command of let there be. So we're going to begin with chapters 1 through 11, which is the general history, a universal history of humankind, God's amazingly intricate and flawless design of all creation, which he deems very good in Genesis 131. And this is after all creation, including humankind or mankind. But I also want you to take a note that God saw that it was good. He saw that it was good in verse 25. Before he made humankind in verse 26, and then he saw all of it was good again in verse 31. God covers more time in Genesis than all of the other books of the Bible combined. So there's another little fun fact for you. <laughs> chapters 1 through 11 covers more than 2,000 years, and it's only about a fifth of Genesis of the Book of Genesis. And then chapters 12 through 50 covers a time frame of less than 300 years, approximately, and that's more than four fifths of the Book of Genesis. So this this Book of Genesis. Is providing historical perspective for the rest of the Bible books. It's traced from Eden to Ur, Haran, Canaan, and Egypt. It's about 1,500 miles of travel. throughout the book. And it introduces not only the Pentateuch, but all of scripture as a whole. Genesis chapter one is also known by scholars as being crucial to understanding the last three chapters of Revelations since they're so closely related and intertwined. So you've got the history of man, but it's a redeemed man. You've got God, the sovereign creator of all energy, space, and matter. So here is a timeline and some key verses. And this is where if you're not driving and you want to jot these down really quickly while I read through them, I'll tell you when I'm doing a timeline of. Key verses of scripture in case you want to go back and reference it. So here's the first one I'm going to give you today. Genesis is meant to represent the beginning of all things, of everything except God. So the beginning of the universe, that's Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. The beginning of man, that's chapter 1 verse 27. The Sabbath, that's chapter 2 verse verses 2 through 3. Marriage, chapter 2, verse 22 through 24. Sin, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Sacrifice and Salvation, chapter 3, verse 15 and verse 21. Family, chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. Civilization, chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. Government, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Nations, chapter 11. Israel, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And again, that's just um a basic timeline of some of the key events that represent the beginning of all of the things except for the beginning of God again because God has always been God is was and will be the same all right so let's talk about Adam Adam was the first human man on planet Earth also known as Adam which is Hebrew for God's image Adam Adam God's image it's meant to reflect God's character he is representative of God's rule over creation He was meant to reign or harness creation's potential and create beauty and order, like naming the animals, and a representation of God's blessing. Now, another key fact, we were given choice from the very beginning. So I want to focus on choice now. We've got Adam, now we've got choice. Given in the very beginning of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we were given the choice to choose to trust God or take autonomy and define good and evil for ourselves. And FYI, we're still seeing this all of these thousands of years later. Humankind is still trying to define right and wrong based on our... Our feeling and feelings and failings response or lack of better responses to circumstances outside of our control and in our sin and rebellion against God and his design or failure to call sin what it is, which is a sin. We're still dealing with that today where we are in this battle of trying to decide how to define what's good and what's bad (laughs) for ourselves. So the tree of life was meant to represent the giver of life, the one. And then we're introduced to the snake and we know that he is a creature that was designed by God and in rebellion against God who introduces the first lie about humankind and God himself. The snake is the first one to introduce that very first lie and put thoughts in the heads of the first man and woman. And then we have Christ in Genesis. Adam and Jesus were both born essentially as an act of God and both were sinless men at that point of being created. The Old Testament, Adam or Adam represents old creation or the head of the old. and the New Testament, Jesus represents the new creation and the head of the new. So the Garden of Eden, this is where the first sin is, where man is separated from God, Adam from God, intimacy with God is destroyed. There's this great downward spiral of events. And even though there's this great downward spiral, God is faithful. God promises to rescue the people. God's promise to rescue looks like a lethal strike to the snake's head, crush the snake's head with the heel of the foot. And then there's also a lethal strike to humanity and the snake's bite to the heel in this kind of mysterious happening, which is chapter three, verse 15. But then you also have the first messianic prediction of Christ's arrival in chapter 3 verse 15 through the seed of the woman and so there's like this prediction of this predestined event to take place of Christ's arrival again if you want to write these down here's another quick timeline in key verses so the prediction that first messianic prediction of Christ's arrival is the seed of the woman in chapter 3 verse 15 from the line of Seth is confirmed in chapter 4 verse 24 the son of Shem 9 verse 27 the descendant of Abraham chapter 12 verse 3 of Isaac 21 verse 12 of Jacob 25 verse 23 and of the tribe of Judah 49 verse 10 and then of course you're almost at the very end of the book of Genesis by then so garden of Eden that's the very first sin man separated from God intimacy with God is destroyed then you have Cain and Abel they represent the second sin where man is separated from man Cain from Abel and again God is still faithful. (laughs) And then you have Noah in the flood chapters six through nine. This is where humankind sin and fall in the garden of Eden where they take autonomy. They choose themselves and that whole beginning sin nature has trickled down generation after generation until we get all the way to the tower of Babel and God is dividing the nation. God continues to deliver and spare his children time and time again in his love and faithfulness. So again, God is faithful. He created a perfect place man's sin and man's fall choosing self over god's purpose in the very beginning choosing sin the fall of man was our first hint that we needed redemption that's the first sign that we needed something and god was faithful and he provided a way to continue to go into the next step he provided a way and that's in chapter 3 verse 15 where he's promising to take care of that snake and there's also judgment right there's a judgment for sin so here again are some timeline key verses the historical beginning of the human race happens in four great events that's recorded before chapters 12. So again, this is that first one fifth that covers about 2000 years, you've got four great events of history, the creation, which is chapter one, verse one, through chapter two, verse 25, the fall, which is chapter three, verses one through chapter five, verse 32. Then you have the flood, which is chapter six, verse one through chapter nine, verse 29. And that is judgment for sin, living in sin and godlessness, continuing to choose selfish desire over God's desire. and Purpose. And then you have nations, which is chapter 10, verse 1 through chapter 11, verse 9. And this is the judgment for sin again, making our own name at the towering citadel of Babel. <laughs> and God is the one who chooses the nation. And here at the Tower of Babel, people were trying to create a name for themselves. So according to Wilkinson and Boa, Genesis teaches us unity among the human race. And I'm paraphrasing what they say, but essentially they're saying that we are all the children of Adam through Noah. But because of the rebellion of God at the Tower of Babel, God fragments the singular. Culture into many and were scattered all over the face of the earth. And they continue to say that the language of the post flood world is scattered along with the people. So, here at the end of chapter 11, we have this chosen nation, the beginning of the chosen nation by God. So, chapters 12 through 50, we've hit this patriarchal history now of God's covenant with Abraham and all of Abraham's descendants. And according to Wilkinson and Boa, after the scatter, God focuses on one man and his descendants through whom he blesses all nations. And that's biblical. So let's get through that. So our timeline and key verses, again, if you're not driving and you want to write this down, (laughs) we went from covering four great events in chapters one through 11, the creation, fall, flood, and nations. And now we're covering four people in chapters 12 through 50, which is again, the shorter part of Genesis. So four great people. You've got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Here's your key verses. Abraham chapter 11, verse 10 through chapter 25, verse 8. Isaac chapter 25, verse 19 through chapter 26, verse 30. 5. Jacob chapter 27 verse 1 through chapter 36 verse 43. Joseph chapter 37 verse 1 through chapter 50 verse 26. Now one of the things that I noticed when I began studying this again and I'm sure I've seen this before but you've got these four great people that are also human and they every single one of them that God has used or chosen sins ridiculously and God is faithful and in the moment when they turn their hearts back to God it enables God to be able to continue using them and ultimately if God wanted to just choose and say you're doing this he would do that but he gives us these choices so many times every single one of them abraham isaac jacob joseph everyone the women too sarai rebecca rachel every single one of them have done like deceitful sinful things (laughs) it started with adam and eve and it just continues right with abraham god chooses the name of that nation during those years the chosen nation of israel we get down to isaac everyone knows the story of abraham putting isaac on the altar and just learning to trust god he actually betrayed betrays his wife he denies being married to her he sleeps with other people and has children but still God is faithful (laughs) and then Isaac marries Rebecca and you get down to Jacob whose name means deceiver Jacob's the son of Isaac so Abraham Isaac Jacob Joseph those are the descendants so Isaac is the son of Abraham Jacob is the son of Isaac who cheats his own brother out of an inheritance and blessing so we're right back to like the Cain and Abel story where now a brother wants to kill a brother (laughs) and not only does he deceive and cheat his brother he deceives his old blind father, Isaac. And so does his wife, Rebecca, this beautiful woman who once got on a camel and like went with a total stranger, the servant to like go and be his wife later is involved in deceiving her husband and trying to get a favorite son to have a blessing over the other son. (laughs) I can't even fathom that as the mother of children choosing one a favorite over the other. So you're just talking about like these horrible sin drama stories, (laughs) crazy unfaithfulness to God. And yet God is still faithful. He still uses them. He still has this chosen generational group of people. The justice to Jacob is that later he's cheated by his uncle Laban for Leah over Rachel. And Jacob loves Rachel and he wrestles with God later and is renamed Israel instead of deceiver. And again, God is faithful through all of those generations. And then Joseph, we come to Joseph, who's finally the result of Rachel finally being able to bear a son. And this is after sending multiple people to sleep with Jacob to bear sons to catch up to Leah's number of sons being born. And God is faithful in great jealousy, using Joseph to save his nation, when he's sold into slavery, God uses Joseph to save the family, the brothers, and the land. So these chapters, God singles out one man who is traced for the rest of the book of Genesis, Abraham and his descendants, Jacob, Isaac, and Joseph, who are recorded as patriots of faith by some scholars. And from these come the nation of Israel, then ultimately Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So again, this, these sinful dramas, what's interesting too, is how God promises Abraham as many as the stars in the heaven, this will be the number of your descendants. That this is going to be your heritage, like this great promise. And then you've got every single one of them almost betraying, taking it into their own hands, and they're not producing children. So maybe the wife will suggest, Hey, sleep with her and she'll give you children. It happens over and over, generation after generation, where almost every generation after Abraham, someone's sleeping with someone else to produce heirs when they're not getting the children they want. And I think of often how we take things into our own hands and we try to make something happen. Like we're not making money and we go out and we try to do a whole bunch of jobs to provide for ourselves, and I realize those are two separate things, like two different big topics, but... We are still doing that today where we try to take things into our own hands instead of trusting the Lord to fulfill his promises often. So this incredible patriarchal history of the nation of Israel and why it's so very important is because it's God's covenant with Israel through the law. It's the reason we needed a law to begin with. It's the reason we needed a savior. It depicts God's faithfulness to his people over and over again, us, despite our failures and shortcomings as humans. And so one, you've got Abraham, the calling chapter 12. It's a very important, pivotal moment in the Bible. There's three covenant promises God makes with Abraham regarding land, descendants, and blessing. And these are important to God's ordained plan in history and bringing salvation, earth side, bringing salvation onto the earth. Number two, Isaac. God established a covenant with him. He is the spiritual link to Abraham. With Jacob, God transforms a selfishness into servanthood and changes his name to Israel, the chosen people, and he is the father of the 12 tribes. And then with Joseph, Jacob's favorite, you know, youngest son sold by brothers into slavery, that whole Rachel drama story. So he goes from being slave to ruler of all of Egypt to deliverer for his family during famine and essentially getting everybody out of Canaan into Goshen. So Genesis ends with this death of Jacob and an impending bondage or need for redemption as we go into the book of Exodus. So again, God is faithful through all of the sins of mankind. God continues to show faithfulness while we fail, while we sin. And yet again, as we close out on Jacob's death and the end of the story of Joseph and how God uses Joseph there that fourth descendant after Abraham we still need redemption it shows us at the end of Genesis that we're yet seeking redemption again as we're going into the next book of the Bible so as I reflect on the story you know even that drama between Rachel and Leah and how Laban kind of tricked Jacob into marrying Leah and just the the dynamic there between the two of them and that that battle and that fight and that jealousy and that trying to produce the same number of sons and trying to deliver a baby trying to be a mom when I see that dynamic there. And you think of all those boys that were born to Leah first and how most of those big boys were the ones that sold Joseph when he's finally born by Rachel all those years later. It's you know, Isaac's or excuse me, it's Jacob's when Joseph is born all those years later, finally it's Jacob's youngest. It's the the girl that he loved, Rachel. It's ultimately the the woman that he really loved, rather than Leah or anyone else that he <laughs> slept with and had children with. So this whole crazy story and how we've we sinned so many times and took things into our own hands to try to make things happen, and still God was faithful and used Joseph to first go into slavery and then become the ruler of Egypt and then deliver family. And deliver God's people during the famine out of Canaan into Goshen. So we've got all our favorite stories, right? We've got our favorite bedtime story and we tell the Noah's Ark story really cute, like two by two and God took two of every animal. And maybe we've got our favorite Bible characters from that, from this first book of the Bible. But Genesis is just so much deeper than that. And the importance here is God's redemption, unfailing love and faithfulness to all of humankind throughout our fall, great sin and unfaithfulness to God. And then there's this underlying theme of God's choice of the nation through whom he would bless all the nations. And in that beginning chapter, or in that beginning story, you know, right there at the Tower of Babel, when mankind decided to try to create a name for themselves, God shut it down. So it's important to understand God's design, his purpose, to see his faithfulness. It's not that he chose bad for us, it's that we sinned. We fell from his grace and mercy, and he has been ever faithful since the beginning of time. And that's where that phrase God is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, is still true. He was here before all of the things. And so what a what a fantastic book. It's just, there's so much here. So in closing, again, I want to reference the key verses. So the first key verse was from J.R.'s book, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. And the key fact there about God's love from her book is that he put his hand on our creation. We're set apart. We were not just spoken like all of creation was spoken into existence. He put a special touch into the intricacy of our design. The second key verse is Genesis 131 from our taking it a step further study. God saw it was good indeed. And then we have two key points of focus here. God's faithfulness, what he has promised, he has done. And the second key point of focus is that we need a savior. It's never been more true. So next week on 66 Days, we're going to go into the book of Exodus. I'm very excited. (laughs) In closing, finally, I want you to think of what is true. What's true about today? God. God chose you. God created you with the greater detail and intricacy and put more than the spoken words of let there be into your creation. He did more than all other parts of creation over all of time, space, matter, and energy. God is faithful to you. God continues to bless you. God continues to let you choose. So friends, listeners, sisters, brothers in Christ, what do you choose today? Finally, in closing, I am going to pray for you, friends. I want to pray for all of us and this word of God's faithfulness as we claim that for our own, as we choose Jesus Christ, as we do a 4-8, as I like to call it. Here on the 66 Days Through the Bible Books, we've covered the first book, Genesis, and I just want to pray and claim God's truth over us and pray blessings. So, Heavenly Father, being able to come into your presence and hold the Bible in our hands is such an incredible blessing. There were people who died to protect the Word of God, died to protect this for us and to preserve the truth of God's creation. And God, thank you for putting your hand on us, for setting us apart from all of creation and putting us over it. Thank you for your purpose and your design. Help us to see your truth every single day. Help us to focus on your design and not choose selfish need or desire over your purpose and design, over your creative design, your loving design. Thank you. We praise you for your faithfulness in our lives. We praise you for your faithfulness faithfulness in completing and fulfilling promises that you made at the beginning of our time. Thank you for showing us that we need a savior. Right there in the early days, right after the fall, when we broke off that intimate relationship with you, you provided a way for us to come right back to you. Thank you for that bridge. Thank you for filling in the gap that our sin created between us and God, between us and other people, with Cain and Abel right there, try, brother trying to kill brother. Thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you for choosing us. Thank Thank you that you're faithful. Thank you that you continue to bless us. Thank you that you let us choose. Help us to choose rightly. Help us to choose you. Thank you, Lord, and it's all because of you. Amen. All right, friends. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode on 66 Days Through the Bible Books here on the Well for Goodness Sake podcast on Walking and Living the 4 8 Life. This is season two, the new series covering all of the books of the Bible in chronological order. And it has been so much fun. <laughs> it has been exciting. And I'm just so glad to have you with me here on this journey. Please feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Every week we'll be covering a new book of the Bible in the same exact way, special readings focal points, key verses of scripture, and then taking it one step further, breaking down the entire chapter. If you have questions about verses or references or anything we talked about, I would love to hear from you. Questions and comments always encourage digging deeper into God's word and I love learning alongside you. Look for the show notes. I'm going to list the key verses of scripture that I created timelines for throughout this episode. If you want access to timeline events and Scripture references, look in the show notes. I'll be listing them there from today's book of the Bible. I will also be listing my Instagram handle, well for goodness sake underscore WFGS. That's well for goodness sake underscore WFGS so that you can stay connected and find more topics on walking and living the Freud life, on keeping things real through parenting, and find some humor as well. I'm so glad that you joined us today. I look forward to diving into the next book of scripture next week. I love all of you and it's all because of him.